Hello, and welcome to Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. Today, we have a super exciting interview on, and we have been having this one on for quite a while. We've been wanting to connect with with Priscilla Rose, the CEO of the Genesis Group. She is a a friend of Jay's who they've been doing the speaking group together, and they just, um, you know, just an amazing background of what would work with our group so much. So I'm super excited. So hi, Priscilla, and I'm going to throw it over to Jay, and he can do a little bit better of an introduction um, to what we're going to be chatting about today. Hey, Priscilla. Hi, hello. (laughs) Hi, welcome. So uh, y'all, Priscilla and I met uh, in a coaching group, our speakers coaching group, and she's a CEO of the Genesis group. And um, you know what Priscilla does is something I'm I'm just starting to get into, which uh, Priscilla does trainings and works with companies and organizations. And it's mostly around uh, the next generation of leaders and, um, you know, and is it also around millennial leadership in particular? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I thought, Priscilla. Yes. So, um, and you know, one of the things that I'm taking on is doing trans training inside companies, um, and those two go hand in hand a lot because the millennials, millennials actually don't need the kind of training for the most part that I do because usually they're pretty savvy with that stuff. It's this next generation. Uh, so, part of what we both do, I think, is bridge the gap and do some intergenerational communication type of stuff. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I thought would be fun to talk about. I mean, obviously, I want to give you the floor, so I want to, you know, you know, whatever you'd like to talk about. But one of the things I find interesting is this whole world of, of uh, the gap between generations and how we talk and what's possible between us. So, you know, please share what you do and tell us what you're up to. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jay um, and and Becca, and I'm just excited to you know to be here and to talk to you all today. Um, yeah, this this topic of kind of how do we communicate with each other across generations, you know, and it's not just across generations. You can find that it's like any, across difference. Um, and so I, in a lot of ways, um, going to go into the workforces and, and work with, and I'm passionate about really this, this workforce revolution, which is really this movement around um, creating the workforce and the and the workplaces of the next generation that that really work for us and where we can be ourselves, we can own our own, you know, our differences and what we really bring to the table. Um, because in past, and it's it's really interesting this this kind of um, it's almost like a um, an app or you know or a, a an operating system um, that's operating in the background that says that, you know, we have to blend in, we kind of have to wait for things to happen for us. Management is are the adults and there's and the parents and they're supposed to, you know, know all the answers. And, and so it's really this interesting kind of dynamic. How do we break some of those rules that have been set before us? And it's so I feel like the like the millennial challenge is not about the millennials in some ways. It is. It's about all of us, but it's about this operating system that's been happening in the background that really it's built on some really um kind of insane fundamental assumptions absolutely Uh, (laughs) well and don't you think it's also built on and and this is what i what i thought would be fun to talk about Uh uh-huh because one of the things that uh, i was just talking about this yesterday 
and I'm confronted with it myself on a regular. Okay, so uh-huh. I my work is about transforming human beings, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the work of transforming human beings is having us understand how, as human beings, we are we are wired up a particular way. Like there is this operating system, and one of the mm-hmm. things in that operating system is our drive, for lack of a better word, to be right. Yes. Right. Yes. So when it comes to this topic, right, one mm-hmm. of the things that – here, I'll just give one example. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I hear and deal with a lot in business are people my age who don't understand that millennials don't get, that they should – this is a funny – the word should. I constantly tell people to stop shooting all over themselves. Exactly. But this is a different example, right? That <laughs> those millennials should understand that they need to earn their way to have credibility like you don't just start a job and three days later you have credibility right so right it's completely different dynamic right because something happens <laughs> i'm still unclear what something happened but there is a different mindset around mm-hmm. millennials versus my generation of i was you know we were just new i'm 50 i'm gonna be 52 we just knew you had to show up, work hard, earn your stripes, work hard, earn your stripes, and then eventually you would get to rise up, right? There's something different about that now. Where there's a different mindset where millennials are like, why can't I just start at the top? I'm, I'm 27 years old, and I've known everything I'm going to know. I should be the CEO. <laughs> so, that's the mindset. That's, that's how it occurs, right? That's, how it, that's what I'm hearing, right? Now, I assert that, the, that, that there is this weird dynamic that we have as older people that why do we want our young people to suffer? Why do we want them to have to suffer through things to get to, you know, it's like, it's the same conversation I have around my children around money. It's like, I, I want, you know, there's something that just used to fly out of my mouth. that was like, you know, I want them to earn it, damn it. You know, I want them to have to work hard. <laughs> and constantly teaching people, you don't have to work hard to make money. Like you just get an alignment, money will come, right? And so it's like, it's insane, right? So mm-hmm. it's these different mindset where there's something in our generation that says you have to work hard. And I think that's the paradigm that the millennials are saying, why would we do that, right? Right, well, and they've seen the fallout of that paradigm too, because it was, you know, the way it was is like, the adage is, you know, work hard, you know, get a job, keep a job. Right. So, and, and you should be grateful just for the job, even if you're dying a little bit every day in that job, because (laughs) in one of those mind numbing, soul sucking, life depleting jobs, (laughs) like that's what I was in too. So I totally get it. And, and, um, and so I, and that was my, I was like, okay, you know, work was really important for me. And so, and in my family, I mean, literally it was like work hard, play hard, but it was really work hard. And it didn't matter if it was one, two, three in the morning, we're doing the project, the basement remodel or whatever it was. And you're in the project. Like, so I really get the, the work and I'm, you know, I'm cuspy. I'm a millennial. Like I'm, well, I'm cuspy with millennials and, um, you know, kind of. And I'm cuspy with boomers, right? So I can see the the boomer. Gen X, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like we saw the fallout of that way of thinking, but we didn't necessarily know there's not necessarily an option of that. So usually what happens, right, is you have something that you know doesn't work for you because you see, oh, I don't want, 
you know, I don't want to give my life. There's this extreme loyalty. I don't want to give my life to a company and then have them cut me off when, right. you know, when times are tough or whatever, which is what was happening. So right. we had this breakup, you know, this divorce with institutions because they weren't, we were loyal, you know, or the boomers were loyal to the organizations and then they got the shaft. Like yeah. they got, <laughs> so they, yeah, they totally did. They, and would you say that was the two, the, 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 the like the 2007, eight, <laughs> Um, peace or even before that because I remember there was another bubble I remember because my brother-in-law is one of those people who at the age of you know 57 coming up on 60 got laid off from a big tech company in this you know country and then by that time mm -hmm. he's 60 years old and can't find a job you know what I mean and that was exactly yeah. well and that happened that happened to um, you know before that as well and so yeah it's like you know, a lot of our parents, just like my parents, and my dad was an entrepreneur because he was working in, you know, a nine to five. And, and he, um, you know, a lot of times there was those people that were in, you know, working in those jobs and their kids were the latchkey kids, like the, the Xers or, you know, or my generation. And so, so they said, okay, do I really want that to take place? You know, so where I give my life to an organization and then, you know, and then they're not loyal to me back. So right. there's kind of this disillusionment of the institution. And so I think like, it's just a reaction to that, but the reactions are usually very reactionary. They're like all the way to the end. Oh, well, I want to have what I want to have now because, and I don't want my job to be just a job. I want it to be somewhere that I can have fun and I can have relationships. I don't want any parents though. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want my bosses to be parents, but you know, so it's it's just this trying to recalibrate from what has been and the way that yeah. the workforce really and the workplaces really were, um, and so I think it's a good it's a good correction. Except for like any course correction, oftentimes the pendulum is swung way to the other side of right. like, well, I don't want that, so I'm going to do the opposite. And yeah. that's actually what I love to talk about because we're so clear in a lot of ways, just in life, oftentimes in general, it's it's. We're clear about what we don't want, yeah. but we're less clear about what we do want. And mm -hmm. so that has been what I have found is the antidote is instead of doing the opposite of what we don't want and sometimes kind of creating the same dynamics. Yeah. Um, it's like it's really posing a lot of the questions of what do I really want things to look like? And sometimes yeah. I can find that, you know, inside an organization and I can find it by working my way up or yeah. I can find it by creating something of my own. And, you know, and that's, they say like, that's kind of the dream. The dream is to be like a YouTube sensation. The American dream is not having a house and I'm picking fets anymore. Like for, you know, right. for, it's like being, being the, having your own YouTube channel. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. is so interesting. It's like, it's, I think, but, um, yeah, it's pretty yeah. fascinating. Yeah, and I found that was, so that's a lot of the process when I work with clients, whether it's inside the organizations or outside, like even working with a lot of boomers. So they're mm -hmm. trying to pass their companies now to the next generation. Right. Well, we do a process of helping them envision where they really want to be because oftentimes the reality is they're holding the company hostage right. because they don't know where they're going and right. they don't know the role that the, they want the company to be playing. And that was the case, like, even for, you know, my brother-in-law, my, my first client um, back in the day, back in 2006, they, um, that was, that was his story. He, he was running the business the way his father had always run it. 
And he, um, we kind of helped him get clear about what do you really want to be doing? And he didn't want to be really in the business, in the day-to-day. He wanted it to be running itself. So he could, he's like one of those, you know, um, serial entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, he's me. Doing all these other things. <laughs> That's yeah, me. exactly. That's What's me. I don't want to do all that shit. I just want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. So, yeah. Right. And he's, Me you know, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what he really needed was just to get clear about what that really looked like and then to own it, own what he really wanted. And then, you know, it's interesting because he came to me, he hadn't, the business hadn't been able to grow in four years. And once he got clear, I'm telling you, it was like magic. We helped him, we worked with him for six months and just helped him kind of make that functional. And by the end of that year, they had doubled in revenue. Yeah. See, we talk about that all the time. Once once there's no static on the line, it exactly. is like magic. I mean, it just yeah. happens. There's no mm-hmm. on the line for clear about what I want. Shoom. Here yeah. it comes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that now, was my story support, too. Like, yeah. You could tell mm-hmm. some of us that own businesses or some of us that even have mm-hmm. kids, whatever it is. Uh, is there some on-the-court things? You know, like what, one of the companies I'm working with right now, um, mm-hmm. and I got to say, when they told me this in the beginning, I thought, you people are insane. But it has actually worked for them. Um, I work with a lot of agencies, right? I work with a lot of ad agencies. And mm-hmm. this particular agency had a consultant come in, and my client um, basically was mandated to spend one hour with each of the people that she led a week. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't allowed to give any negative feedback for three months. All she could do really? was listen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ah. Yeah. And how did that work out? Well, <laughs> right. That's the question. <laughs> um, we're not three months into it yet, but I tell you, the last time I talked to her, she was like, you know, I mean, the thing is, they're starting to open up, and now they're starting to trust me, and now they're starting to, you know, like, there's just, there's something about that, that about that, I don't know, there's something about just getting listened to, apparently, that is was necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my question to you, Priscilla, is that going way to the other extreme? You know what I mean? It occurs that way to me. It's like, wow. Um, that, you know, <laughs> they're not, you know, they're not disabled. I mean, I mean, you know, I work when I first went my, one of my first jobs out of college was working with adults with developmental disabilities. And part of the process was you had to give seven positives for every one correction. That was just the method of working with adults with developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. This is exactly Mm -hmm. the same model that I'm seeing now working with millennials. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I actually feel like this, this works with not just millennials, but people in general, because, and there's so much that you can find out. There's so much that you can share in observations and it can all be positive, but we are actually wired to that. The things that are negative hold so much more weight. They have a chemical signature that our brain encodes and that is more powerful than the positive. And I think, you know, and... Well, we all know that. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) okay, so I don't want to... Okay, unconditional positive regard, that's like one, you know, kind of psychological term that that I don't really agree with, but I feel like in coaching, you don't have to give negative feedback. People... People know no, I never get so much people. more. Yeah. Yeah. People, ever. I just yeah. have people see what they're seeing, what I see. 
people know what's the, what they really need to do. Yeah, that makes good sense. And they, that's the foundation of our, our coaching model. That's too. the foundation is, of coaching. Yeah. People it is. declare yeah. their own integrity. So, yeah. so asking really good questions and sharing observations or, or, um, I think is, um, is a beautiful way for help people to understand and, and just draw out. And I love that process. It's almost like what Michelangelo, um, says, he says, I saw the angel in the marble and yeah, I carved until I set it free. Right, right? That's my so, definition of transformation is chipping away at everything that's not your highest. Best yeah. Yeah. And so I love that chipping away process. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's so yeah. that we can find that freedom. And, um, and I, that doesn't, you know, that comes from observation. Well, what was, you know, what happened in this area? Why, why did you like through questions, especially really good questions. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I lay down some challenges you know, for my clients, like, you know, I'll give you an example. I, so I do um, really a full, full kind of leadership development program. Mm-hmm. And it's for next generation, the CEO, uh, you know, of a, a small business, but they're, you know, they're good size of about 230 employees. They're burgeoning on a mid-sized company and they're really wanting to change their culture from, this mom and pop to right. more professional so that they can grow. Right. And um, right, right. so I'm working with their whole leadership program, their whole leadership group, um, which is about 10 people right now. And then I have another group of that are up and coming managers. Right. That's another 10. And so I'm, I do, we do like a monthly team development activity. We've done some work where they're envisioning the future of the company. Right. And, um, and then, I do one-on-one coaching every month. And one of the, one of the gentlemen, you know, they have this, you know, this habit, you know, in the culture is very much about the blame game, you know, which mm-hmm. happens a lot of times, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. throw, throw the, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the bomb over the fence to the other group. It's their fault. This dynamic and, and blaming the CEO, for, you know, oh, it's his fault and he's new and, you know, he doesn't really know what he's doing and all this kind of stuff. And, and so, you know, in my coaching, I was like, what, um, he said, you know, I was having these conversations. Oh yeah. The CEO, this, and I was like, please tell me that you're not having those kind of conversations with, um, you know, with the people that you work with, with your subordinates. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, it feels so good. And we just talk about how he's this and he's that. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down a gauntlet for you. And I said, you need to knock that off. Like right now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Knock that off. It's not helping you. I was like, is it really helping you? Is it like your team? They're looking at you as a leader and you're uh, like, is that the leader that you want to be? He's like, he's like, well, this is like, you just tried to backpedal out of it. And I was like, I was like, well, just think about who you really want to be. How do you want to be known for in terms of your leader? You're in this program and yeah. they're watching your every move. I was yeah. like, is that the guy you want to be? He's like, ah, you know, yeah, <laughs> um, like maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey, trust me. I know like it's cathartic because it's, and it is, there's like this, 
and our again our brains are wired to like say oh it feels so good to talk negatively and yeah. and there's this consensus and we connect. want more of this but beings connect through gossip and gossip and you know sharing each other's drama yeah. and suffering yeah. and yeah we make it and when i go into companies <laughs> we make a commitment to create a culture inside the company of uh giving up gossip complaining and if they have a complaint they have I a love request that. Make a mm -hmm. make a request, and then gossiping is if anybody in the the phrase around the offices is it kind, is it necessary, is it true? Yes. And if it's not, you don't need to open your mouth. I mean, it's just how it goes. So exactly. And when everybody's on board with that as a culture, the companies that I've worked with, where everybody's on board with that as a culture, that's what creates an environment where then we can then we can have higher level. Then we can talk about diversity. Then we can talk about higher math mm -hmm. conversations because we don't have to talk mm -hmm. about you know, your drama. <laughs> exactly. You stop, attracting, exactly. stop attracting people. I mean, this is what I tell my CEOs. Once we go to work, you're going to lose some people because not everybody's going to be attracted to a company that's not interested in gossiping. It's true. It's totally true. But you'll have and some people quit. You'll be grateful they quit. Yes. It's the, the gentle I'll art run them of off. mismatch <laughs> reduction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, they get they get to see where the company's going, and that's what they're really getting into. It's like this is what we want to create. They've got clarity around their vision. We did like a ten year vision, and they're like, so like you have to ask yourself, is that what you're wanting to create? Is this what I'm doing right now? Is that serving where we're going? And he's like, right. he's like, no, not really. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we talk about it in doing the work. What we talk about is that we're always creating. You're always creating your own reality. Mm -hmm. And are you going to do it's it on true. purpose? Or are you going to do it by default and let that, you know, like ha act like you have no say in it and the world's just carrying you through, you know, through it? Or are you going to be the, in the driver's seat on purpose, creating your reality with your words, your thoughts, your direction, your emotion, your intention, mm -hmm. all of that? So, yeah, sounds like we're all on the same page with that. Definitely. You know, and I think, um, and I share with many of my clients too, you know, this act of that, that way of being of really letting life happen to you. I mean, that was a big aha moment for me. Um, you know, at one point in my life before, you know, coming into sort of finding my own vision, um, kind of recognizing there was a moment, you know, recognizing, yeah. oh, this way of doing life is actually, um, costing me you yeah. know and some people it it costs them in different ways i was you know, headaches every day and and you know um all this anxiety because i was worried about doing everything right i'm like oh is that am i doing it right because i was following everybody else's rules right. and and, I was, and you just can't do that like and, and mm -hmm. still stay stay sane when you're worried mm -hmm. about everybody else and you're not creating your own okay and you know what how you really want to live your life and being intentional like that i heard somebody say that there's a there's idd there's intention deficit disorder right now i was mm. like i i like that because i do feel like the um there is so much of like life is happening to me and i i really it's kind of like driving in la it's like you're white knuckled you're defensively driving you're pretty sure that there's someone texting in the in the you know car next to you and is going to come into your lane like you know and that way of drive that way of being and yeah. is like is very stressful you know yeah. which is why there's road rage and everything because 
the being in that mode, it costs us in different ways. Well, yeah, you're hi- that, that's a level of hijack all the time. I think that that's, just, yeah. you know, they're living in a low level of hijack all the time. And, and that's, I think that that is what life is like when you're in, the, we were just reading the four agreements when victim is in charge, you know, cause when life is happening to yes. you, victim is in charge. Victim is hijacked a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Victim, exactly. Victims living in hijack a lot. Yeah. And I've really been getting in touch with that lately too. Um, you know, just what that feels like. And I feel like a lot of times we don't know what that feels like in our body. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I shared with you early. Yeah, yeah. You have to know what if, what that, yeah. um, what that emotion is or what your body is doing when you're in that kind of victim mode. Um, and I shared with you at one point that, that, um, you know, I was, I went through the, the Vegas shooting Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, being, you know, a victim of, you know, a mass, you know, a mass um, shooting is very like, you know, having to run for your lives, you know, gunshot behind you. Like there's yeah. that, that Scary. literally like, yeah. And, and being pushed down, like for me, I was pushed down by the crowd and I was literally on my hands and knees, you know, my elbows all bloodied and everything like that. And and that place, like that's still, I can feel what that feels like because it's, it's helplessness. Yeah. And that is like, that's, I really got in touch with, well, that's what I feel like. That's what my body feels like when I'm in right. that victim mode. Yeah. And so on the other side of that, I mean, it's been six months. I did a lot of trauma therapy and, and all of that, but really recognizing there's some, when I am doing other things and I go to that mode, I know what that feels like now because I go to that place. I literally can see myself on my knees and there's danger present behind me and I feel helpless. And so in some ways it's, yeah, it's, it was a really horrible, you know, thing to go through, but in my mind, but it put me in such touch with some things that I had been tolerating that I had been feeling helpless in that I really shouldn't have been tolerating or okay, I don't want to say should, but I, but I've been choosing now not well, to tolerate. Not your, yeah, you're not committed to tolerating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, totally. And so um, I think having that heightened awareness of what that really looks like, and they do a lot of that in trauma theory. Okay, what is your, what is your body doing? What is your, how is yeah. it, what is it saying to you? Has really helped me. And I, and it, you know, just brings a different level of, okay, I'm here. And so I get a chance right. to create because the antidote to that, that being a victim is creation, is moving toward what we really want, is doing the things and being the person that we really care about. And um, that's the quote of this podcast the antidote to being a victim is creation. It is. Yeah. That's I mean, you beautiful. see all those things. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, but that's what's been, yeah, that's what's been kind of drilled into me as of late because I can feel it so poignantly and so I've been sharing that too with my clients it's like hey like I get it and start really understanding really feeling what what it feels like even somebody was telling me um it's like oh you look over there you like and you kind of go to this other place like you're not making eye contact you're not present they say that too it's like when you're creating when you're really present that's acting above the line and you're not going into the drama circle right below the line then and you're present. And he's like, he's like, you kind of 
you know, lose eye contact and you go in this other world when you're talking about some things that, you know, I was talking about, oh, blah, 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 and I was going to go into my drama. I mm-hmm. wasn't making eye contact. So it's like, what does that feel like? What do you do so yeah. that you know that you're going below the line? Yeah, and this then, is great stuff. Yeah. So I think that is really important, that awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Carl Jung says, right, he says, if we don't keep bringing what's unconscious, you know, what we're right. doing that's below the surface or that we don't know about or that's, you know, hidden from us, if we don't yep. keep bringing that to consciousness, mm-hmm. then it runs our life and we call it fate. Right. Nice. So it's I like, oh, that. that's just the way life is. Yeah, right? that's right. That's just, yeah. I mean, yeah. I tell my people, you go on, you're going to go unconscious in three days. <laughs> three seconds. Three days. <laughs> Isn't that what I say, yep. Becca? Three days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah, you have the Malintop experience, and then, yep. You got three days, I get you all excited, and you're on fire, and you're ready to go, and you're going to create your life in three days. If you do not practice, you will go unconscious. And then that Mm -hmm. consciousness will lead to utter despair and fear, and then you'll go back to the circle. You know, like, that's what's going to happen. So you have to stay conscious, you have to practice, you have to stay in the work. I mean, that's why we do this podcast, is uh, we're we're all work together, and we're staying conscious, and the more we can... the What's fascinating to me is the layers of consciousness, you know, as I continue to, I've been doing this work forever and ever and ever, and, and I'm mm-hmm. still not there. I'm still not to a place where I never go unconscious, you know, it's, uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm conscious more of the time, I'm clear, um, but I've never, ever so far gotten to a place where I don't just tip off the edge there a little bit. <laughs> so, right. Wow. right. My humanity will creep in there for sure. Of course. For sure, for sure. And I, I hate to say it that we have uh, bumped up against our 30-minute timeline. Oh, I feel like no. we can just keep talking and talking and talking. <laughs> Sorry. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I just looked up and realized, I like literally just looked up and went, oh my gosh, we're at 32 minutes. That's uh, crazy. Um, but before we have to finish, I do want to make sure that we're sending people your direction correctly. So if um, our listeners want to find you, Priscilla, where can we send them? Um, well, I'm definitely on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, um, Priscilla Rose, and I have the website, which is, um, really the Genesis So they can find me there. Uh, it's, it's T H E G E N Y S Y S G R O U P.com. I know it's kind of a long, it's the Genesis Um, and, um, we also have, um, we also have the website, thedaringfuture.com, and that's kind of just for the for the book. So I wrote a book about this whole, you know, how do you, how do you find that. that antidote of creation? And it's really the future belongs to those who dare. It's about visioning. It's about, you know, kind of the steps to um, that I went through to really say, hey, what do I want to, how do I want to create my life? It's yourdaringfuture.com. So nice. really easy. Oh, love it. And we didn't mm-hmm. even get a chance, but we will definitely <laughs> link love to that, those the in the show notes. Yeah. And we'll link to the ability, you know, to purchase the book as well. Um, I know that we're going to have folks who are going to want to keep following up on you and, and figuring out, is there any other programs that you've got running right now that people could jump into? Um, right now we do have a couple on the um, Your Daring Future dot com site that's um a group coaching and um so i do that kind of an inner circle where we walk through the process is five 
you know, five sessions. And then, and then there's a group that where we continue the work and keep uh, in the work so they can find it at that site. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Priscilla. It's been a joy to have you. My pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Thank you wonderful. both. Appreciate Absolutely. it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And um, as always, you can find the show notes at jandbecca.com. Come and chat with us on uh, our private Facebook group to keep this conversation going and your opinions on what was going on this week. But as always, we love you and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We appreciate you so much, and we invite you to join us at Doing the Work with Jay and Becca on Facebook. Uh, We have a great discussion group there going, or visit us at jayandbecca.com for show notes. We have uh, pullouts of links to the books and the things that we talk about. And as always, we are here for you and we want to be part of your weekly self-care. So thank you so much for listening. Stay connected and most importantly, be kind to you. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Jay, and we'll see you next week. See you next week.